You know, I want to remind you this morning, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. How many of you know that God created us to win or to succeed in life? He said, I got a plan for you and my plan is for you to prosper and for you to have a good future. That's the word of the Lord. Amen. Jesus reemphasized that point in, in the New Testament when he said in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You know, right there, Jesus gives us the mission of why he came, why the Father sent him. He said, listen, I came so that you could have a rich and satisfying life. How many of you know that Jesus came for all of us? to have a rich and satisfying life. You know, in our community, in our society, some people, you know, they, they, uh, they disregard some of us or they leave some of us out. But Jesus don't want to leave anybody out. And it's important that we know that the Lord wants us to succeed. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to win in life. Amen? Now, if the Lord created us that way and He wants us to win in life and succeed in life, why is it that some of us aren't? Well, I think one of the reasons is because we have these constraints in our life. We have these restraints that are holding us back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In fact, we all have constraints and restraints that hold us back. The scripture says in Hebrews 12:1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set for us. Now, Hebrews encourages us to strip off the weights. Why strip off the weights? Because it hinders us. No one can rise above his or her personal restraints and constraints. It will always keep you down. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7.1, having such great promises as these, dear friends, let us turn away from everything wrong, whether body or spirit. So listen, we, we have to be willing to address the personal restraints in our life if we really want to get to where God wants us to be. And in other words, we can't rise higher than the, our personal constraints and our personal restraints. Amen? Are y'all with me? It holds us back. You know, it's kind of like those with the least constraints and restraints will do better in life. They will go the furthest in life. They will succeed the most in life. And so some people are doing better than others. And I believe it's because some of us have more constraints and restraints in our life. You know, I heard this illustration that I think applies. I don't know. Are you familiar with hot air balloons? You know, well, with hot air balloons, you know, uh, a hot air balloon is designed to soar. You know, the way that it's designed, it's got this, uh, you know, this basket, it's got this huge balloon, and it's got this like furnace type uh, apparatus on it. And whenever it heats up air, the air goes into that balloon. And because the air is lighter in the balloon than the air outside, it rises up. But, you know, to keep that hot air balloon from soaring, they will tie it with ropes and they'll anchor it to the ground. And then they'll also put weights in case the ropes get cut prematurely. They have weights in the basket and the weights in the basket keep the hot air balloon from rising. 
And if you want the hot air balloon to rise, you got you to gotta get rid of the restraints. You got to get rid of what's constraining it from soaring. It's created to soar, but it won't soar with the constraints and the restraints. So you got to loosen the ropes. You got to take the weights out of a basket and turn the furnace on and then the balloon can soar. God created us like a hot air balloon to soar. He wants us to win. He wants us to succeed. But if we're going to win and succeed in life, we got to get rid of the constraints. We got to untie the ropes. We got to get the weights out of our life. And that's why Hebrews says, listen, strip off every weight. Why? Because you can't run your race like God wants you to if you got weights holding you down. You can't run your race. You can't soar. You can't live the life that Jesus died so that you could live as long as you got these restraints and these constraints holding you. Does that make sense? Now, there are many different kinds of restraints. You know, there's the mental restraints, you know, wrong mindsets. And then there's physical restraints. How many of you know you can't get further than your body will take you? And then there's emotional restraints. And then there's relational restraints. But most importantly, there's spiritual restraints. And how many of you know that that's the most important one? Now, with all the constraints and restraints that you and I can possibly deal with, Nothing can hinder your progress in life more than the spiritual restraints and constraints in your life. You know, it's kind of like it's the big rope. It's the big weight. And you can get rid of some restraints and you can get a little bit further. But you can't really soar until you deal with the spiritual constraints. So listen, whether we realize it or not, we all have spiritual restraints. Every one of us. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7.10, not a single person on the earth is always good and never sins. Let me read that again so it can sink in. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. Not a single person. In other words, we all miss the mark. We all fall short. None of us is perfect enough to say, I don't have any restraints in my life. Praise the Lord. Well, your restraint is you're a liar. (laughs) Amen. Come on, are y'all tracking with me? Now the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the payment for sin is death. The payment for sin is death. In other words, with our personal restraints, our spiritual restraints, it's going to hinder our life. It's going to hold us down. It's going to keep us from going where God wants us to go. That's why Hebrews says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Listen, how many of you know you can't run the race with endurance if you got all these constraints and these restraints? You see, this verse is talking about spiritual restraints, spiritual constraints. And we all have weights weighing us down. And these spiritual restraints are keeping us. They're impeding or impeding our spiritual progress. They're keeping us from getting above ground. Amen. Now, come on. How many of you want to soar in 2017? Come on. How many of you want to fly in 2017? You know, the scripture says that, you know, we will mount up as eagles and that God has called us to be eagles. But a lot of times we're more like chickens eating, eating 
you know, grain in the chicken yard. Amen. But come on, the Lord wants us to get out of the chicken coop and get out of the chicken yard. And he wants us to soar like eagles. Amen. Now, there's three spiritual constraints that every one of us, that every human faces. And the first one is this. The spiritual constraint of an unyielded heart to the Lord. You know, Hebrews or Isaiah rather says in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Notice it says all. We all have a tendency to do what we want to do. Every one of us, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We, we all get restrained and constrained by our stubbornness to do the will of God. And you know what I found is that just because I prayed the sinner's prayer doesn't mean that I'm done with dealing with my stubbornness of heart that wants to do my own thing. Come on, anybody else figure that out? And so one of the constraints in our life is an unyielded heart to the Lord. And you see where we make mess up sometimes is we think that all we need to do is pray this little prayer and ask the Lord to forgive our sins and then we're done and we can soar in life. But my friends, it's way deeper than that. Come on, it's way bigger than that. Amen. Not only do we need to ask the Lord to forgive us, we need to yield and surrender to his will. You see, Adam and Eve became spiritually constrained. Why? Whenever they rebelled against the will of God. Whenever they decided to do their own thing instead of what God wanted them to do. They lost the paradise of God. Because they were just not willing to do God's will, to follow his path. There's a picture there. Adam and Eve's story is a picture of what happens to us. You see, God designed us to live in the garden. But as long as we rebel and we, we fight against the plan and the purpose of God, we won't live in the garden. Amen. See, King Saul, remember King Saul, he lost his kingship because he refused to obey the will of God. He lost his calling. He was called to be the king of Israel, but he lost his position because he refused to submit to God. See, again, it's another picture. It's a picture of what happens to us. God has called us to do some things. God has called us to make a difference, but we will forfeit our calling if we don't submit to God. You remember the prodigal son. He lost his position at the banquet, at the father's banquet table. Why? Because he refused to submit to the rules of the house. He was stubborn. He was unyielding before the Lord. And I think that this is a restraint that you and I all have to face. And I believe that the only remedy for this spiritual restraint of an unyielded heart before the Lord is to submit to the Lord in repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Come on, how many of you know that repentance is becoming a word that is not popular in church anymore? But how many of you know that repentance can never be out of style in church? Amen. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 
See, what is repentance? It means to change our mind and say, listen, it's not good for me to do my own thing. I need to do the will of God. I need to submit to the will of God. And whenever you have a repentant heart, you have a change of mind and you say, I'm not going to try to do what I want to do. I want to find out what the Lord wants me to do. And that's what I'm going to do. Amen. It's a restraint that we all have to deal with. It'll keep you on the ground. But here's another restraint or constraint. It's the spiritual constraint of our fleshly nature. How many of you know we got problems with that dude? And listen, we got more problems with the dude inside of us than the dude on the side of us. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? And listen, there are two tugs at every human heart. And it's the tug of the spirit and the tug of the flesh. And every day we fight with this. The flesh and the spirit battle against each other of who's going to be in charge, who's going to control. In fact, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 17, for the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. Somebody said, how do you know if you got spiritual restraints? If you're doing what you don't want to do and you're not doing what you need to do. That's a good sign right there. Amen. But how many of you know the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other on the inside of you. And listen, and depending on which is stronger and which one has more influence in your life determines which kind of fruit will surface in your life. And you know, the Bible says in Galatians that there's a fruit of the spirit and there's a fruit of the flesh. And when you look at the list of the fruit of the flesh, my friends, that's not the road we want to go down. That's not the table we want to sit at. Amen. But it's the pull and the dominance of the flesh that causes major problems. It's the restraint on our life. Galatians 6, 8 says this, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. You see, my biggest problem is not anybody out there. My biggest problem is the flesh in here. Amen. You remember Esau, man, he lost his firstborn birthright over a bowl of lentil soup. The firstborn got a double portion. He forfeited a double portion. In other words, he decided to stay on the ground for a bowl of lentil soup. Why? Because his appetites weren't in control. Because his flesh was dominating his life. And listen, we can't, you could beat me to a a greasy spot right here and I would still be dealing with the flesh. We're going to deal with it as long as we're here. Amen. But we just got to get a rein in on that dude. Amen. And so it's the pull and dominance of the flesh that causes problems. And it's when our flesh is in control, that leads us to spiritual constraints and restraints and bondages and stuff like that. Do you remember... Judas, he was one of the disciples. I mean, he had the opportunity of a lifetime and he blew it all. Why? Why? Because of his flesh. For a few pieces of silver, he betrayed Jesus. And how many, how many on the globe today will betray Jesus because their flesh is not under control? The Bible says in Galatians 6, 8, the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Listen, the only remedy 
for a dominant control of the fleshly nature is to strengthen your spiritual life to the point that the Spirit of God is getting the upper hand in your life and you begin to be spiritually led instead of fleshly led. Amen? I say, Galatians 5.16 says, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. See, the disciples denied their flesh and they followed the Spirit. They followed the Lord. And what happened to them? They went from being tax collectors, from fishermen, just a normal fishermen. There was a lot of them that day. They went from normality. They went from normal to, to incredibly uh, abnormal. They went from natural to supernatural. What happened was God took their life and they went from this place to a place that they never dreamed they would go. Why? Because of the Spirit of God. The Bible says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. We can get places in our own ability. We can get places in our own efforts. But if we want to soar, if we want to truly win and succeed in life, we need the Spirit of God working in our life, and He'll take us where we've never dreamed we would ever go. Can I get a witness in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Can I get an affirmation in church today. How many of you agree that because of the Lord's spirit in your life, he's taken you where you never dreamed you would, and he's kept you from where you didn't want to go. Amen. So that's a second restraint. Is that fleshly nature that gets needs to be reined in. A third constraint every human faces is this. The spiritual constraint, constraint and, and influence of the adversary. First Peter, first Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. Keep awake. Watch out for your great enemy, enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. Every day, you and I will face a spiritual battle. Our adversary is always trying to negatively influence our life. He's always trying to get us in the ditch. He's always trying to get us in the gutter. He's always trying to keep us on the ground. He'll try to deceive us. He'll try to paralyze us with fear. He'll try to lure us into sin. He'll oppress us. He'll depress us. He'll try to get us bitter. He'll do whatever he can to hold us and tie us down. Amen? And we have to know that. His greatest desire is to constrain us and restrain every one of us and keep us from the purpose and plan of God. God has a plan, but Satan don't want you to achieve it. God wants you to succeed, but Satan doesn't want you to succeed. And that's why he says in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so we have to understand that the Lord wants us to succeed. And if we're not careful, we'll play right into the hands of the adversary. We'll be given over to our fleshly nature, or we will be stubbornly resisting the plan and will of God, and we'll never get out of the chicken coop. Amen? Now let me ask you, do you want to be a chicken or you want to be an eagle? Amen. And that's really the bottom line. So the question is, you know, how do we get set free? How do we get liberated from the things that, that holding us back? You know, what, what is it? What is holding us back? Well, I believe that we got to utilize God given resources to break these spiritual restraints. That's the good news is we can get set free. You know, I love the Bible. It's good news. It's great news, amen? 
Because listen, when you fail, the Bible says, hey, you can have a second chance. Come on, when everybody around you says you're, you're nobody and you're, you're a, a misfit and, and, and you don't fit in and all that stuff, the Lord says you're valuable. You can make it. You can win in life. Don't look at your circumstances or situation. Come on, the Bible is good news. Amen. And he's given us resources to be spiritually liberated. And remember, the biggest rope that holds us back is the spiritual rope. And if we will allow if we will utilize God's resources to break the spiritual constraints off of our life, there's no telling where we could go. And so when we start 2017, I, man, nobody was like, man, I can't wait for... T- I am hoping to really make a mess of my life and really fail in 2017. If somebody's feeling that way, they need therapy, amen? They need Jesus in a big way, Amen. Everybody wants to start off the new year and they want to succeed. They want to, they want to prosper. They want to have happiness. They want peace in their life. They want joy in their life. And there's nothing that'll take you there more than getting released from the spiritual restraints that hold you back. Amen. Are y'all, are y'all receiving this today? Now with every spiritual problem known to man, the Lord has given us a spiritual solution. He always gives us a spiritual solution. And how many of you know that although Adam blew it in the garden to get us out of the garden, Jesus died to get us back in the garden? Amen. Come on, just like the first Adam blew it all for all of us and he just put these restraints on us, Jesus came to unrestrain us. Amen. That's the good news. I'm telling you, you can't get that at Walmart. You can't get that in the professor's house down there at the university. I'm telling you, it's the gospel that sets people free. It's a gospel that liberates people. And so you remember the story of the father that had the demonic son. He had a, 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 demon, a son that was demon possessed. And this guy was in bad shape, man. Both the father and the son were experiencing, I'm telling you, the highest level of spiritual constraints that you could ever think of. I mean, the son would just throw himself in the fire and throw, imagine as a father having a son and you're dealing with this. And so the son had major spiritual constraints on his life. And as the father, he was dealing with the son. It was causing him to have major constraints on his life. And in that story, in Matthew chapter 17, the story of the father and the demoniac, and the demon-possessed son. Jesus gives us the solution to getting liberated, set free from the spiritual constraints that hold us. The Bible says in Matthew 17, in verse 14, it says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. But I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. How many of you know that's being released right there? In verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus privately, and they said, We could not... Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, I believe the two spiritual resources that the Lord has given every believer to break spiritual restraints off their life is the first one is the spiritual resource of prayer. How many of you know prayer is still powerful? Prayer is powerful. Now, I think sometimes we, we lose, we lose faith in prayer because we prayed this prayer and God didn't answer and we say, well, prayer doesn't work. No, maybe God didn't answer that prayer because he was saving you a headache. Maybe he was saving you a skin knee. And so, no, no. If the Lord says, pray and I will answer you, then how many of you know Then we can pray and the Lord will answer us? But see, prayer connects us to God. Prayer allows us to connect with God and receive the power that we need to be delivered from spiritual restraints. Listen, you can't go to Walmart and get a solution for spiritual restraints. You can't go to college and get an education for spiritual restraints unless it's a Bible college, right? Are y'all with me? And sometimes you got to watch those because they might be a cemetery instead of a seminary, right? But prayer is a resource. And listen, if I could encourage you today, don't give up hope on prayer. Don't, don't, it's kind of like, you know, you're in this major, major battle and you got this little BB gun that you're trying to fight these battles with and the Lord has given you this bazooka and he's saying, pull it out, dude. Come on, you can win this war. Pull out your bazooka. Jesus, I need your help. Boom. Are y'all hearing me? Are y'all with me out there? Jesus is saying, come on, use the resources I've given you. You can win. You can succeed. You can prosper. But we got to use the resource of prayer. Amen? Amen. But the second resource is the spiritual resource of fasting. Fasting. Now, listen, again, you know, man, you know, we don't talk much about fasting. In fact, I think we don't talk much about it because it's not the most popular subject. I mean, how many of you want to hear about fasting? (laughs) Not me. Let's talk about feasting. Let's talk about the feast of the Lord. Not fasting. But listen, Isaiah 56 says this. Is this not the fast which I choose? To loosen the bonds of wickedness. To undo the bands of the yoke. And let the oppressed go free. And break every yoke. Without us realizing it. There's things that are holding us down trying to keep us on the ground, trying to keep us in the gutter and not soar like God created us to soar. I got a plan for you, he said. And my plan is for you to prosper. My plan is for you to succeed, to have a bright future. I got a plan for you. And I want to liberate you so you can enjoy the life that I've created you to live. And so I think if we tap in, if we tap into the resources God has given us, Fasting is not fun, but there's something that happens when we fast. Amen. And that's why we begin every year with prayer and fasting. Because listen, we know that without even trying, we have spiritual constraints that will attach themselves to our life and will try to hold us back and keep us from being who God created us to be. Prayer and fasting positions us to be delivered. 
See, prayer connects us to the, to the Lord. Fasting disconnects us from the world. And it subdues our flesh so the Spirit of God can begin to rule and reign in our life. Amen? Listen, whenever I've done something spiritually, the fruit of the Spirit, like being kind and being peaceful and stuff like that, it doesn't get me into trouble. But whenever I tap into the fruit of the flesh, it gives me heartache. It gives me bad problems in my life. Are y'all with me out there? And so the more my, the spirit of God controls my life, the more I'm going to stay in the center lane and I'm going to stay on the highway to the blessings and favor of God and stay out of the ditches of life. Does that make sense to you? And so how many of you are willing to fast and pray in the new year? I'll be the first to say, I'm not looking forward to the fasting part. And quite honestly, our flesh doesn't want to pray either. Because we all deal with that unyielding will. Who says, I don't want to do the will of God. I want to do my will. I don't want to lean on God. I want to lean on my own self. I want to do it on my own. And we have to train this body, this temple God gave us, to submit to God. Amen? Because it's in that that God will give us spiritual breakthrough. In Joel chapter 1 and verse 14, he says, Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Now, I want to make mention to you that whenever Joel was declaring this, he was declaring this to a people that were experiencing great spiritual constraint and restraint. And the prophet Joel had enough wisdom to know, listen, we can get liberated from this. What we need to do is we need to humble ourselves in prayer and fasting, cry out to God, and God's going to do marvelous things for us. Amen? And so I'm thinking, there's if we as a body of believers will do like Joel did and call a solemn assembly and just set our hearts like flint towards the Lord, set our face like flint towards the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to give you the first part of the year to seek you, I believe God is going to do some awesome things. Amen. Y'all believe that this morning. And so starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., we're going to start prayer. 6 a.m., we're going to start prayer, 12 noon, and then 6.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. And then we're going to, on Saturday, we'll meet at 9, 12, and 6.30. Why? We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to, we're going to fast and pray. The second week, we're going to just have our our AM prayer meetings. We're going to pray in the morning. And we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to have worship. We're going to have a short devotion. We're going to have some, some personal prayer time, some corporate prayer time. And we're just going to go after God. We're just going to seek the Lord. And listen, I'm going to be here. I hope you're going to be here. I'm going to be here because I know the best thing I can do for you is be here seeking after the Lord. I know the best thing I can do for Todd Menard is be here seeking after the Lord. And I believe that if we will seek after the Lord, who knows what God will do? Who knows what, how many of you know God is a God of miracles? Who knows the miracle that might happen? Amen. 
And so I want to encourage you in preparation for prayer and fasting. I want to encourage you, first of all, set your objective. In other words, what are you going to ask God to do? And I encourage you to ask God's blessing on your life. Tell him, Lord, I'm sowing the first fruits of my year because I want your hand of blessing on the rest of my year. Just like we give God the 10%, the first fruits of our income, so he'll bless the rest. How many of you know you could give him the first part of your year? Amen. Amen. But ask God to break the restraints off your life so that you can soar. Ask God to help you to, to submit to his will and not be stubborn and not, not resist his will. And then how many of you know we need God's presence in our life? We need God's authority in our life. We need God's grace in our life. I mean, the more of the touch of God we have in our life, the more we can win the battle. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by the Spirit, saith the Lord. Amen? And I believe there's some battles that are going to be won as we go after God. And listen, you know, in the... the, in the uh, uh, there's a table in the back of the sound booth as well as right here. And there's some prayer requests. And I just want to encourage you to put your prayer requests in these containers, either here or at the, at the back of, the, of the, the sound booth there. And when we come together for, to pray, we're going to pray over those prayer requests. We're going to pray over them because the Bible says that we can pray and we'll, and, and we'll get answers. Amen. And so I encourage you, before you leave, come get one of these cards and fill out. Now, listen, be discreet. Like, don't, don't put your brother's name on there and tell us everything wrong with his life. You know, John will be okay. Just put his first name. Amen. And you don't have to put the malicious detail. Just say, pray for John. He needs deliverance. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Don't put your spouse's name on there. No, I think you got it, right? But whenever we pray, we're going to pray together and we're going to pray over these requests. And you know what I've heard over the years? That sometimes it's not during the prayer, prayer time that breakthroughs come, but during the year, breakthroughs start coming. They say, man, and the Lord will remind us, remember you prayed about this? There's your deliverance. And in this room right now, if we took the time, we could just give you some testimonies of miraculous things that have happened. Amen? And then listen, we have some prayer guides. And all of this information is on the website as well. But we have prayer guides in the lobby. And, and there's these uh, uh, prayer guides here with, with uh, model prayers. And, and, uh, and there's places where you can, um, you know, Put down your prayer requests and, and you could just pray for spe particular things, specific things. And we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to help us. Amen. Are y'all with me? God's going to move. And there's going to be some great stories that are going to come out of here during this time of prayer and fasting. And so first set your objective. Decide what you will fast. Like, you know, like I want to fast anchovies and sardines. Because I don't eat those, you know. But how many of you know you got you to gotta dig in a little bit? Amen. And, and you know, there's a, there's a complete fast where you just drink water and juice. And, you know, despite what the enemy or your flesh might tell you, you can survive like that. And then there's the Daniel's fast where you don't eat fancy food. You just eat fruits and vegetables. You know, and then there's the, the partial fast where you, you eat you, in a limited way instead of maybe three meals, maybe just one meal. But, you know, I, you just set your agenda. 
You set your agenda. Decide what you're going to fast. And what I found is that my flesh, I got to sneak in on it sometimes and just kind of just withdraw, just, just, uh, you know, deny it, deny it, deny it. And eventually my flesh lays down. At first he screams. I mean, just thinking about, just saying fast right now, I got a headache. I'm hungry. My, your flesh screams. Because he wants to control your life. But let's kill him this week. Amen. Let's kill that old nature. And let's let the spirit of God rule and reign in our life. And what about this? What about a media fast? That might be the most important fast right there. How about we unplug the TV? We might get to know who's in our house. We might even have some family conversations. Amen. Come on. Come on, we might even get to know what's going on in our children's life, our spouse's life. Come on, what about if we just say, hey, Facebook, I'm out for 21 days. Hey, Instagram, I'm out of here. Or what is it, Snapchat or whatever it is? That too, all that other stuff. Come on, are y'all with me? Come on, how many of you are hungry for God? How many of you want to seek the Lord? And here's the last and final thing. Believe that God will respond to our pursuit of him. Believe that God will respond to our pursuit of him. I believe that, listen, as a person, I can't live in victory. I can't soar unless God liberates me from the constraints that are holding me. But I believe I serve a God that can liberate me and set me free. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 and and verse 7 says, Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen. Do me a favor and just stand together. Let's stand together. In conclusion... You know, it's been a blessing that Brother Francis started this years ago about giving God the first. And you know, typically in church attendance patterns, January is, is churches take a hit. But you know what we found? Our attendance grows in January. Because you know what? I believe everybody's hungry for the presence of God. Everybody wants the presence. We don't want church. We want God. We don't want another sermon. We want to experience the Lord. Am I talking to the right people this morning? I believe it's in our heart that people want to experience God and we struggle without it. We're not happy without it. We can't soar without it. But can we commit? Can we commit to seeking after God? You don't have to come down here and pray, but I tell you what, you encourage me to come down here and pray. Because I know, listen, I got a battle to fight. There's an enemy that wants to take out people in this congregation and wants to ruin my own family and my community. But I believe if you and I will link horns and do warfare and go after God, I believe we can do a lot of damage to the kingdom of darkness. And I believe we can set our families up and position them to succeed and not fail. Amen. So come on, let's make a commitment 
this morning. Would you just bow your head with me? Now the first step, the first step, Adam blew it by sinning in the garden and put constraints on us. But Jesus died to take the constraints off of us. And you never get spiritually liberated until you give your life to Christ, until you get saved, until you say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for my sins. It's nothing to be ashamed about, embarrassed about. Everybody has to take that step. And if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray that prayer? I'm not sure that I'm a Christian, but I want to make sure that I'm a Christian. And I want the second Adam, Jesus Christ, to break the spiritual constraints off of my life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? And I want to pray a special prayer for you. Just lift it high. Sir, I see your hand anywhere else. Anywhere else. Just raise it high and just hold it up there. Right here, I see your hand anywhere else. Well, let's pray this prayer together. We're going to pray together. Thank you for being so bold. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Come on, be bold. Be confident. Just say, that's me. I want to serve the Lord. You got to make that call. You got to make that decision. Thank you. Thank you. Let's pray together. Say, Father, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned and I have restraints on my life but I want to be liberated. I want to be set free. Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? I want to live the Christian life. And today, I choose to give my life to you. Thank you, Lord, for helping me today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hands, those of you that raised your hands, in the pew is a card with a green line across the top that said, I made a decision. We have a gift for you. We have some tools to put in your hands just to help you get started with this journey. Amen. Just bring it into the lobby or bring it up here to one of the pastors. Don't forget to fill out the prayer card and put your prayer requests in here. And we're going to pray over those when we come together in all the prayer meetings. And we're going to believe God for some tremendous miracles. Amen. Father, I pray the grace of God, the grace of God, of prayer and fasting to be released over this congregation that God will have the ability, the strength, the grace to be able to dig in. God, ahead of time, we're expecting and believing for miraculous things to take place. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.